Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. We have a good one for you today, Q&A Tuesday, top five questions of the week that landed in my DM box on Instagram. I'm going to share them with you. We're going to walk through my suggestions, my recommendations. We've got questions about scheduling, questions about night weaning. So let's dive in. First question for today is this. Hi, Erin. Quick question for you. What is recommended when your five-month-old baby falls asleep for roughly 15 minutes in the car during wake windows while doing a grocery run? How does this affect the following nap? Thank you. You are welcome. Let's talk about this because it is inevitable that as much as we try to focus on naps being at home in the crib, sometimes your baby's going to fall asleep in the car. Sometimes your baby's going to fall asleep in the stroller. We have to have a life. We have to eat food, which means we have to go to the grocery store. And sometimes that takes a while. Your five-month-old can only really be awake for a couple of hours without getting pretty sleepy again. So it's normal that your child might sometimes fall asleep on a drive or a walk or a stroll. So what do we do when that happens? The first thing I would try to do is drive around and let your baby finish up a decent nap. If that's an option for you, that is the first step I would take. If you're on the way home from the grocery store and you glance in the rearview mirror and you see that your baby has already fallen asleep despite your best efforts to get home before that happened, then I would just keep driving if you can. Keep driving around, let them get a decent nap. Hopefully 30, 45 minutes, even more if you can because then we can confidently do a full wake window after they wake up and do the next nap at home in the crib. The trouble if your baby falls asleep for only 10 or 15 minutes and then you pull into the driveway, get them out and end the nap, is that that was a pretty short nap. The other thing that some parents try to do is get home and transfer their baby to the crib, but especially out of the newborn stage, that rarely works, and the child just wakes up during the transfer, and then they've had enough of a little power nap that they refuse to go back to sleep in their crib. Once again, we've lost the nap. So first things first, if you can, if you notice your child's fallen asleep in the car on the way home from something like the grocery store, just drive around and let them sleep. If you're walking, strolling, stroll around and let them finish up their nap in the stroller that they've already started there. That can help. If you don't have that option, if you just if your baby just woke up after 15 minutes in the car on the way home, you know what? We're probably not going to be able to do another nap until your baby has had a full wake window. I know that's not a very long nap. 15 minutes is certainly not a huge nap, but it's probably enough that your baby is going to need pretty much a full wake window to be tired enough for their next crib nap. Really watch your baby's tired signs during this time. You might find that near the end of their wake window, they start to get pretty fussy. And maybe you consider shortening the wake window by about 15 minutes. If you're in this situation, your baby just had that 10, 15 minute car nap and you try to do a full wake window, but your baby's getting really fussy. Maybe we cut the wake window down by about 15 minutes, but I wouldn't do any less than that. If you try to do a very short wake window, way shorter than your baby is used to, they're likely to just protest their nap in the crib. So you probably want to aim for as close to a full wake window as you can after that little car nap. 
Next question. Hi, Erin. I wonder if you have any advice for this. My 13-month-old just started daycare on Monday. I had transitioned her to one nap a couple of weeks ago in preparation, and she was sleeping two to three hours for that nap and waking up at her normal time every morning. Each day at daycare this week, she's only slept for about an hour to an hour and a half, and we're doing a six o'clock bedtime to compensate. She also started waking up between 4.30 and 5.30 in the morning. She used to sleep until 6.37 and would wake up happy. Is this just a transition period we need to get through? Any suggestions as to what to do? She stayed home yesterday and slept for three hours over two naps. So I would go back to two naps on the weekends. If your child has to go down to one nap per day earlier than you had planned, earlier than they're really ready, which is often the case for a 12 or 13 month old who's starting daycare, a daycare that only offers one nap, my first suggestion is that on the weekends, when you're able to, when your child's at home, you offer two naps on Saturday and two naps on Sunday. This can really help to get your child's body clock back on track and sort of catch them up to a more age-appropriate schedule. So as this mom already saw, her child will still go down for two naps on weekend days. She probably is still tired enough to do that at that time because she's only 13 months. So that would be my suggestion. Allow daycare to do just one nap during the week if that's all they will offer, which is what many daycares offered, because it's hard to have that many children under your care and offer different nap schedules. I get it. But at home on the weekends, consider continuing to offer your child two naps per day until they're really ready to go down to that one nap schedule seven days a week, which is usually closer to about 16 or 18 months of age. Next question is about an eight-month-old. Baby is now eight months and a week Not fully seeing signs of needing only two naps, but I'm wondering if we gradually work towards that or just go cold turkey from three naps to two when we start seeing signs. Cold turkey is pretty much the answer here. If your child is eight plus months and still having three naps per day, their wake windows are probably around two to two and a half hours. The next jump is going to be two and a half to three hours when your child is ready for that. If you try to do something in between, you're probably just going to end up with a really wonky schedule where you have too much awake time after their second nap and they're overtired by bedtime, or you kind of have time for a third nap, but not really, and you can't really squeeze it in. So in answer to this question, yeah, I would just go cold turkey when you feel confident that your child who's eight months old is ready for a little more awake time and ready to go from three naps to two, I would just jump into it that day that you decide they're ready and they'll probably do just fine with it at that age. Next question is about night weaning. It's a question we get a lot. Any suggestions on how to wean? My baby is eight months and sleep trained, but still wakes up for a feed. Do we do a dream feed? Do we let him wake and slowly decrease the bottle size? So here is the thing about this. The dream feed, first of all, doesn't actually wean your baby off of nighttime feeds. It just means you go in and feed them in their sleep rather than them waking up for it. It's not super helpful because not only does it mean you as a parent still aren't getting a full night of sleep, but it also means your baby is still getting calories overnight that they probably no longer need. If you've decided to wean your baby, I assume that's because you and or your healthcare provider feel confident that they are now at an age and a healthy weight where they don't need calories overnight. So offering a dream feed 
isn't really helpful if we know your baby no longer needs calories overnight. And it may actually just continue to throw off their daytime nutrition because they're not maybe eating as much as they could or would or should during the day if you're still doing a dream feed at night. So no, my recommendation with weaning would not be to just switch it to a dream feed instead of a wakeful feed. The other thing this mom asked is about slowly decreasing the bottle size. Certainly like anything else to each their own and some sleep consultants recommend this, some families have success with this. It is not my suggestion because normally what I find is when parents tell me they tried to just slowly decrease the bottle size, it didn't really change anything until the bottle was gone altogether. Their baby was still waking up each night for that bottle their baby would sometimes just be angry and fussy because the parents removed the bottle before the baby was ready to go back to sleep. And then the baby was just angry about that, but the parents did it because they were trying to reduce the bottle size. And at the end of it all, nothing really changed until they actually got to zero ounces and stopped offering the bottle overnight altogether. And that is the point where you're doing sleep coaching. And that is where you want to have decided what your sleep coaching approach is. So if you are going to wean night feeds because you, in conversation with your healthcare provider, have decided that your baby is an age and a weight where it's okay to remove overnight feeds, once that decision is made, I do generally suggest that you just remove the feeds altogether rather than gradually trying to decrease the amount. Of course, there are exceptional situations where if there's been almost a reverse cycling situation and a baby is actually taking in more calories overnight than they are in the day, that's a different conversation and something you need to think separately about. But if a baby is still waking up, for example, once at night for a feed, I would suggest when you're ready to wean, you just wean that feed from night one of sleep coaching rather than slowly trying to decrease it because I don't find that the latter option is generally successful. And babies should be fine to go the night without that one feed that they've been having if you and your doctor have agreed that they're at that healthy weight and it's appropriate to do so. You're probably going to find that it's more successful. But once again, you have to have decided on your sleep coaching strategy. You really want to go into that night saying, we're not going to do this overnight feed. We know that our baby is likely going to wake up and we have a strategy for how we're going to manage that wake up without a feed. Is it going to be maybe a sit-in-the-room approach where you go to your baby, but instead of feeding them, you sit next to them. You offer supportive touch and words and a pickup for a hug if they need a hug, but you do not offer the night feed because that's what you're trying to get rid of. That's not right for every family. Maybe your sleep coaching approach is more of a timed check-in approach where you wait, you see if baby can self-settle. If they don't, you go in, you offer words, you offer touch, you leave again, and you decide how comfortable you are with waiting, how long you're comfortable waiting to go in at each check-in, and maybe that's your approach. But you have an approach. We don't want to just wing it. We don't want to say, we're not going to do overnight feeds anymore starting tonight, but we have no idea what we're going to do instead if our baby wakes up. What you really want to do is decide on your sleep coaching approach, get on board with your partner, everybody be on the same page, and then be really consistent about it once you decide tonight is night one of not doing overnight feeds. And the final question for today is this. Hi, I have a 10-month-old baby question. I'm following my little girl's wake windows throughout the day perfectly. Her naps are great. Bedtime usually falls between 7 and 7.30. But no matter what, she's always up at 6 a.m. 
I know that's an awesome night stretch, but I'm wondering if she could be overtired at bedtime to always be getting up that early and never later. I think this mom has a great thing going on and what I replied to her and what I'm going to tell you mamas and dads is that 6 a.m. is a pretty normal time for babies who sleep through the night, especially to be up and starting their day. Anytime between about 6 and 7, 7 a.m. is the luckier end of that stretch, 6 a.m. is the more normal end of that stretch. Anytime between about 6 and 7 in the morning is a very normal time for infants and toddlers to be up and ready to start their day. If your child goes down independently for sleep, sleeps through the night, and is waking up anytime past about 6 a.m., I generally wouldn't change a thing. It's really normal. It's really good. It's an amazing amount of sleep. It's the average schedule we would see for an infant and a toddler. And I would be very hesitant to recommend that a parent made any changes to a child's schedule if that was their situation in an attempt to make their child sleep until, say, 6.30 or 7 instead of waking up at 6 o'clock every day. 6 o'clock is great. Your child's getting so much healthy rest. It's normal. I know as parents, as adults, we would like to sleep later than 6 a.m., but I wouldn't go making changes to that schedule because it's a pretty good one. We kind of just need to recognize that that's normal for infants. That's the top five of the week. I hope that was really helpful for everyone. I hope, I always hope nobody's struggling, but that's not realistic. So I hope if you are struggling with sleep, that maybe an answer to your current question was in there and that can help you out as you move forward with your babe's healthy rest. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.